If you watched any quarterbacking from Jaden Daniels and or Garrett Nussmeyer this past year, you probably saw that each of those quarterbacks have their fair share of things that they need to work on, things they need to improve upon. So how is that improvement coming along? Well, Brian Kelly provided an update about the two guys in LSU's quarterback room, along with their true freshmen. So we'll get into all of the quarterback news on today's edition of Locked on LSU. You are Locked On LSU, your daily podcast on the LSU Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, thank you for making Locked on LSU your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, we are on YouTube as well. So make sure to go to YouTube, like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. Always appreciate you for making Locked on LSU your first listen every day. My name is Caroline Fenton, and I'm your host as I am every day. You can follow me on Twitter at CarolineFenton1, or you can follow along with the podcast at Locked on LSU. So quarterback, is, as we all know, is the most important position in all of sports. It is. It's just that's just the reality of it. So if I can talk about quarterbacks, I'll take every single excuse that I can to talk about the quarterback position. So Brian Kelly providing an update about Jaden Daniels and Garrett Nussmeyer is really all of the excuse that I need. So I think it was obvious. Uh, you know, we all watched LSU football this past year, watching both Jaden Daniels and Garrett Nussmeyer. I think it was on full display the things that each of those quarterbacks needed to work on and understanding going into this season with Jaden Daniels being named the starter, Brian Kelly named him the starter, you know, after the, the citrus bowl, he'd been the starter and being named the starter. There are all things that we know that Jaden Daniels needs to improve upon in order for LSU to take that next step in the 2023 season in order to not make 2022 a fluke, but to get back to Atlanta to continue competing for a college football playoff. And it, it lies with Jaden Daniels. It lies with the quarterback, the most important position in all of sports. And what we saw on full display, at least in my opinion, was trepidation, hesitation from Jaden Daniels. And I think we saw it improve week over week over, you know, throughout the season. And it wasn't linear. You know, we saw an outstanding three week stand from Jaden Daniels from Ole Miss to Florida to Alabama. And then we saw kind of that clunker of a game against Arkansas. So it wasn't linear improvement, but we did see kind of flashes of Jaden Daniels improving from Auburn and Mississippi State all the way throughout the rest of the season when Jaden Daniels started racking up multiple 200, 250, 300, 350 passing yard games. So, and, and the same thing is true for Garrett Nussmeyer. As fun as it was to watch him just slang the ball all over the place as much fun it was to watch him try and carve up George's defense it still was on full display all season long whenever he got some work especially against Georgia that he has some stuff that he needs to work on the discipline the getting the ball in the right position because even though Garrett Nussmeyer is a little bit more risky with the ball and sometimes that pays off sometimes you see those massive 40 50 yard deep ball shots that you get from Garrett Nussmeyer but sometimes those also end in interceptions as well so Brian Kelly mentioned the things that each of those two quarterbacks are working on one and two how they're coming along with that. This was Brian Kelly with a little bit of an update for Jaden Daniels and Garrett Nussmeyer, your QB one and two, where it stands right now. 
what are the biggest things that you can see them improving on this, the rest of the practices? You know, both of them have an, uh, a, a list of things um, that they want to work on. You know, Jaden's been pushing the ball down the field, trying to w really work on um, quick identification and one-on-one matchups down the field. Um, Garrett, Garrett is just, you know, discipline and progression reads. So each one of them has some things that um, uh, Joe Sloan has laid out for him and Mike Dembrock in terms of what they want them to work on specifically. And, and that's kind of how we've scripted them as well. And they've done a really good job of, of working on those things. So there you go. That was Brian Kelly on Jaden Daniels and Garrett Nussmeyer. So they're each working through their own things. The things that we saw on full display, the things that we all critiqued each of those quarterbacks for are obviously things that they're being critiqued on within the building. The things that they do very well, of course, are going to be capitalized upon. And it's funny because I feel like Jaden Daniels and Garrett Nussmeyer are almost like the perfect yin and yang. Like, they're, they're almost complete opposites, but also they end up at the same place in the weirdest way. Jaden Daniels, as we know, you know, Brian Kelly says he's working on pushing the ball downfield, quick identification, one-on-one matchups. Basically, what they're working on with Jaden Daniels, I don't want to say is being riskier with the ball, but maybe being more confident with the ball, being more confident with your reads, being more confident, being able to step back in the pocket and you know, looking at those one-on-one -on -one matchups and identifying those as quickly as possible so he doesn't defer to just running around on his legs. Because as great as Jaden Daniels is in the run game, as great and mobile as Jaden Daniels is, you can't be doing that every single down. One, you're going to pick up a, a couple of yards. You're not going to move the ball downfield very effectively when Jaden Daniels is doing it with his legs every single down. And also, we saw that that can put Jaden Daniels in the line of danger. A guy who looks every you know video I've seen of Jaden Daniels or picture I've seen of him he looks bigger now than he was last year which he needed to put on a little bit of weight a little bit of size but still he's inherently not the biggest guy in the world so that puts him in the line of fire whenever you have a relatively you know lengthier quarterback he puts a target on his back whenever he takes off running because he's he, just, he can't withstand those kinds of tackles so it's interesting because that's what Jaden Daniels was working on pushing the ball downfield and quick identification See, that's something that Garrett Nussmeyer, on the other hand, does very well. He can move the ball downfield very well and very effectively. But what they're working on with, with Garrett Nussmeyer is basically the opposite of Jaden Daniels. And it's discipline. It's, okay, slow down. Slow down. Go through your progressions. Go through your reads. Identify the best target. Something that Jaden Daniels maybe does a little bit too much of is waiting a little bit too long and not finding that first read, or at least not capitalizing on that first read. The problem with Jaden Daniels was, okay, I'll drop, I'll drop back. There's a wide open receiver downfield, but I'm just going to tuck it and run anyways. Um, with Garrett Nussmeyer, it's, oh, you're open. Boom. Like here's a 40 yard pass right your way. So that's what they're working on with Garrett Nussmeyer. Basically the opposite. Slow down, take your time, breathe, Take care of the football. Don't make any rash decisions that could potentially lead in turnovers. That's what I always have to remind people. That's the other side of having a risky gunslinger like that is sometimes it's really fun to watch him, you know, 
place the ball perfectly into the hands of a wide receiver who's downfield and has a complete open lane to the end zone. But sometimes it ends up in the hands of a defender. Um, so it's working through that with Garrett Nussmeyer. Not trying to mask or take away what he does well. Same thing with Jaden Daniels. It's not trying to take away the run game from Jaden Daniels, what he does very well but rather trying to refine what they do very well to try and take away as much negative or downside from what they do very well. The negative or downside of Jaden Daniels is he runs too much. You don't want to stop him from running, but maybe, you know, make him feel a little bit more comfortable in the passing game. Garrett Nussmeyer is, he is a gunslinger. I know he doesn't want that kind of label, but that really truly is what he is. He's got a heck of an arm. He's got a freaking cannon. But you got to refine it a little bit. You got to reel the cannon in a little bit to ensure that that quarterback is taking care of the football. So, interesting update from Jaden Daniels and Garrett Nussmeyer. Honestly, I don't think we learned anything that we didn't already know. I don't think there's any sort of revelation about these guys working on those certain things. The good thing is, I mean, what Brian Kelly has said is they've done a great job with it. I'll take his word for it. Um, but one note for whatever it's worth. I did see it's on the um, LSU Sports YouTube page. Harold Perkins was mic'd up at practice the other day. Did see Jaden Daniels throw a pretty brutal uh, interception to, <laughs> to Harold Perkins. Um, not great. That's the tough thing about practice is you never really know, like in an instance like that where the quarterback's throwing an interception, was it just an insane defensive play from Harold Perkins or was it a really bad read and a really bad throw from Jaden Daniels? I couldn't tell um, from the video, but that's always something to keep in mind when in practice. Don't like seeing Jaden Daniels throwing interceptions like that, but really fun to see Harold Perkins making interceptions like that. But coming up next, it's not just those two in the quarterback room. Ricky Collins, a true freshman, has enrolled early and has been out there at spring practice. How is his development coming along? Brian Kelly provided us an update on Ricky Collins, so we will get into that coming up next. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. But before we do that, I want to tell you about FanDuel. The Grand Slams, the no-hitters, the double plays, they are back. Baseball is back, baby. And there is no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's right, because right now, New customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you do not win. So some bets that I'm making, honestly, I'm taking Austin Riley or Aaron Judge or Nolan Arenado, those three sluggers for an anytime home run hitter. Those guys have been so reliable. I mean, Aaron Judge, we know what he's going to do. He's going to be hitting home runs. But all three of those guys, whenever they step up to the plate, it's going to be offense. So don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. 
Well, thanks again for making Locked in LSU your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Also, check us out on YouTube. Just hit that red subscribe button on Locked in LSU's YouTube page and you won't miss a single second of your Locked on LSU content. So Jaden Daniels and Garrett Nussmeyer each working throughout spring practice trying to kind of refine those things that they honestly need refining on. But they're not the only ones in the quarterback room. Ricky Collins, true freshman, will, has also been out there at spring practice. Ricky Collins, a uh, four-star quarterback recruit from Baton Rouge, from Woodlawn, so a local kid, you know, a big get for this LSU recruiting team. Ricky Collins decided to enroll early, which is becoming more and more and more the uh, the the norm for quarterbacks. Really, it's becoming the norm for most high school players, but especially quarterbacks. But um, Brian Kelly was asked about Ricky Collins, about his development, how he's coming along. Remember, it's only been a few practices, but Ricky Collins has been inside the building and has been getting some work. This was Brian Kelly on Ricky Collins, the true freshman quarterback. Yeah, I know it's a cliche, but it's, you know, he, he's drinking through a fire hose. I mean, it's a lot for him right now. But he's, you know, he's smart and, and he's picking up you know, the, the pieces of the offense as quickly as he can. But he has two guys that, that are just, you know, exceptional and elite in so many ways. Uh, and and Jaden and Nussmeyer that, you know, you, you see those two guys and then Ricky. And it's just there's a, there's a, a difference, not in athletic ability, not in – you know, skill set. He's got all the skills. It's just going to take him a little time. It's great that he was here for the spring because this is going to help him immensely going into the fall because, let's face it, I mean, three quarterbacks is barely enough, you know, from that perspective. So um, he's going to have to have a really good off season here. Um, and, and hopefully that's really going to put him in a better position where there's parts of the playbook that that he can master going into um, the fall. So I appreciate Brian Kelly's honesty there. <laughs> really, you know, wholeheartedly, I appreciate the honesty. Um, of course, he's drinking through a fire hose. Of course, Ricky Collins is overwhelmed. Of course, he is, you know, a little overwhelmed at the moment. I mean, would you expect anything different? Ricky Collins just made a massive step from the high school level to now you're competing at the highest level in all of college football, playing in the SEC, playing for LSU. I mean, there's a certain level of expectation and a certain level of difficulty that comes with that. And this is his first exposure to all of this. I mean, LSU's only had, what is it now, 10, 11 spring practices? So, uh, it, of course, of course he's overwhelmed. Of course it's been taking him some time to kind of get acclimated a little bit because he's this is entirely new to Ricky Collins. But I will say, it's really good that he's in the building now. It's really good that Ricky Collins enrolled early. Like I said, it's becoming the norm, but it's good that he's in the building. Because imagine coming in in June and then now Ricky Collins needs to get acclimated to college football, to this new era of life, this new level of football and be ready to go within the next three months come September. And no, he's not going to play against Florida State, but you never know 
what the circumstances might be. And that's really overwhelming. It's a lot to ask for a young guy who's coming into this new level of football at the most important position in the game. So, yeah, it's going to take him some time. It is. It takes all players some time to get acclimated to the college game, but especially when you have the entire team on your shoulders, especially when you're tasked with learning a whole lot of new things all at once. And to Brian Kelly's point, especially when you're doing it with the two other guys in your position group that have been at this level and playing this position for significantly longer than Ricky Collins has. You know, it would be different if Walker Howard was in the room because Walker Howard would be only one year into college football, only have, would have one more year of experience than Ricky Collins would have. He would have a guy that's closer to his age, closer to his experience level. So it wouldn't look as daunting or feel as daunting to be basically the lone wolf and the lone baby in the room versus these two guys that have three, four years of experience at a very high level, at a starting quarterback level in college football. So, yeah, I'm sure he is drinking through a fire hose at the moment. That is not to be a, a reason of concern. It is spring practice. That's the, the freshman's job at this moment is to get acclimated and to get up to speed so when summer comes around, you're ready to rock. You're ready to go. You know the team, you know the system, you have the relationships with the players and with the coaches, you know what's expected of you. Now it's working through your technique and working through your progressions and starting to master part of the playbook. Because to Brian Kelly's point, I'm never going to say never, especially in this sport. We know how many weird and crazy things happen. There might be a day where LSU needs to rely on Ricky Collins to play the quarterback position. Knock on all the wood ever in America in the history of ever. But there might come a day that that has to happen. And Ricky Collins needs to be able to answer that call. But right now on April 12th, he's going to be overwhelmed. As long as day after day after day gets a little bit easier, that that fire hose starts to turn down a little bit and it becomes more of a, call, a tall, cool drink of water rather than absolutely being, you know, just bombarded with information. So it's a good update about Ricky Collins. But right now, to me, this is a, a room with two guys and a guy whose job right now is simply just to sit back, learn and get as much experience as he possibly can. But coming up next, it is a Mailbag Wednesday. Appreciate everybody for sending in their questions. We will get into those coming up next. Happy Mailbag Wednesday, everybody. So remember, every single Wednesday, I will take your questions on anything. LSU football, baseball, gymnastics, basketball, both the women's and the men's game, recruiting, whatever it might be, whatever you want to touch on, whatever you have a question for me about, I get to those every single week. Feel free to send in those questions any day of the week. I just get to them on a Wednesday. You can send them in on Twitter at Caroline Fenton one or at locked on LSU. Or if you're watching on YouTube, feel free to drop some comments down below. I see your comments. I appreciate your comments and I always appreciate your discussion. But let's get into it. One, uh, The first question that I saw, which is very timely, um, considering the transfer portal opens this Saturday, we'll get into a bunch of transfer portal stuff at the end of the week. But this first question is, what do you see being LSU's biggest need in the transfer portal? I've said this before, and I'll reiterate it now. The way that I view the spring transfer portal period is 
you're not going to get your starting running back. You're not going to get your starting wide receiver. You're not going to find a starting caliber quarterback in the transfer portal in April or May. Maybe you do. You know, maybe you look out. But honestly, for the most part, I'm not expecting, you know, spectacular starting right away difference maker for your team type of players in the portal. Because the way that I view the spring transfer portal is a guy stuck around during spring practice to see kind of how that position group shook out at his um, at his school at the time. Maybe he lost the job. Maybe it's not looking like he's going to get a starting job. Maybe there's a young guy that's taking over that position and he's looking to find an opportunity elsewhere. And the way that I view it is if you're not able to get a starting job at your former school, your former team, you're probably not going to have a starting role at LSU. So really, the way that I would look at it, I'll take a, a page out of Matt House's playbook and say that this is a game that's won in the trenches. This league is a league that is won in the trenches on both sides of the ball. You need strong, sturdy, physical, quick linemen, defensive linemen, and offensive linemen. I would say for the most part, LSU is pretty stacked on the defensive line. You can never have too many linemen. But I would say probably priority 1A for me would be offensive line. And I say that now can also understanding that um, Zaylin's herd is coming in. He did not enroll early, so he'll come in during training camp. Mason Lunsford will come in in the summer as well, a transfer from Maryland. So you're getting a couple of guys that you'll probably be able to rely on pretty quickly. Um, and you're getting those in the summertime. So, you know, save two spots for them. But I'll just say for right now, and I'll do a full deep dive into the transfer portal later on this week. So stay tuned for that episode. Um, of course, you can find it wherever you get your, your podcast. You can find it on YouTube. But I would say for now, my initial impression of this team where it is right now and just, you know, understanding the needs of this this conference of the SEC is you can never have too many quality linemen. You can never have too much lineman depth. Because I think we saw last year um, how much this team really needed that lineman depth, how much this team – struggled whenever they didn't have a consistent lineup on the offensive line. So, I mean, you can never have too many of them. You can never ha have too many swing tackles able um, on your depth chart. Um, second question, I appreciate this one also, is are you worried about the baseball team after this series at South Carolina? Um, I said earlier this week, I said, LSU's probably going to drop out of the top spot after a brutal showing on, was it Thursday night? Friday night. I keep getting my Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Friday, Saturday, Sunday um, series mixed up. The first night, Paul Skeens pitched. When LSU lost 13-5, I thought, okay, this is a pretty brutal game. LSU's probably going to drop. Um, that's okay. It's not the end of the world. They can always get back there. And then it took, you know, late game heroics from Gavin Dugas and a, a grand slam uh, late in the game in order to win that game. And then uh, a uh, RBA single from Cape Beloso to bring home Dylan Cruz to ultimately win that second game of the series. And then game three, of course, was canceled. I'm not hitting the panic button about this team, about the offense. I'm, I'm not. I'm really not. We know that it's there. I would say, you know, weather got into that a little bit. Um, but I, I would say the bullpen, I'm not hitting the panic button. The bullpen is at least something that I'm eyeing of are some of these guys that you brought in via the transfer portal, are they developing how they need to be? Can you rely on those guys week in and week out to be staples of your bullpen or of your lineup? 
I'd also say I'm getting a little concerned about the injuries. You know, um, Chase Shores is an injury concern for me. He's been a guy that I've been really excited to to watch all season long, and he's looked great for a majority of the outings that he's had. You know, his injury and his question mark is a concern. Paxton Kling against Tulane last night. You know, that hamstring injury that he suffered didn't look great even in the, in the sincerest of terms. And I know that we're getting in the time of the season where every team is going to be dealing with injuries. Once you get into that grind of the con- of uh, conference play, when you're playing nearly every single day of the week, almost, every team is going to be suffering with, with getting banged up. But I just don't want to see the injury bug hurt this bullpen or hurt this team as a whole so much that now they're struggling just to get bodies out there. We've seen that in the past several times with this team. So I'm not hitting the panic button in the slightest. Oh, she's still the number one team in the country. Relax. It's going to be okay. Back at the box this weekend. I think that's going to be very good for this team and it's rest and just being back at home in a home environment. I think it's going to be good for this team against a solid Kentucky team, not a team that I would have expected to have been a team that I'm like, yikes, a little bit nervous to play them. Um, but they've been solid all season long. But I think that this is a great opportunity for LSU to get healthy and to continue to uh, to ramp up that offense just a little bit more. So I'm not concerned. I'm not worried. But the injuries in the bullpen absolutely are two things that stand out to me as something that I'm paying just a little bit extra attention to. That's going to do it for me today. Thank you for making Locked in LSU your first listen every single day. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Caroline Fun. Caroline Fenton one you can follow the uh, podcast Twitter at locked on LSU and make sure to like comment and subscribe on YouTube locked on LSU.